Welcome, 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 women, to another exciting episode of Relentless the Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Janae Bryce. I am so delighted that you have decided to tune in today. Um, so first, I'd like to give uh, my shout out, that is, as is my custom, to Metro Baptist Church, Pastor and First Lady Elton and Charlay Johnson down in the Southern California area. They have been most kind to me down through the years. I thank God for you and your witness in the earth. I just thank God that he has ordered our steps toward one another, and I hope he does so again. God bless you and your beautiful family. All right, ladies, as I was uh, meditating and praying, contemplating on what the Lord would have me share today, um, I got to thinking about some of the things that hold us back. Just quite frankly, I was thinking about some of the things that that hold me back or that have held me back in my life uh, down through the years. And I just wanted to encourage somebody today that... um, Sometimes we consider things to be just issues or problems in our lives that we need to just go ahead and speak to or or claim healing from and move on. But there are other times when certain things are more than issues or problems. They become strongholds. Strongholds. So with that in mind, the Lord led me um, to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5. Verses 1 through 10. Second Samuel 5, verses 1 through 10. And I just want to thank everybody who have been um, faithfully listening to the podcast uh, up till now. I, I just appreciate your um, support. It really, it really means a lot. All right, Second Samuel 5, 1 through 10. And again, I'll be reading from my beloved King James Version of the Old Testament Scriptures. Second Samuel 5, 1 through 10. And it reads, Then came all the tribes of Israel to David unto Hebron, and spake, saying, Behold, we are thy bone and thy flesh. Also in time past, when Saul was king over us, thou wast he that leddest out and broughtest in Israel. And the Lord said to thee, Thou shalt feed my people Israel, and thou shalt be a captain over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king to Hebron. And King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned 30 and three years over all Israel and Judah. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem unto the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, which spake unto David, saying, Except thou take away the blind and the lame, thou shalt not come in hither, thinking David cannot come in hither. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. The same is the city of David. And David said on that day, Whosoever getteth up to the gutter and smiteth the Jebusites and the lame and the blind that are hated of David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. Wherefore, they said, The blind and the lame shall not come in into this house. So David dwelt in the fort and called it the city of David. And David built round about from Milo and inward. And David went on and grew great. And the Lord God of hosts was with him. Amen. So today we're going to talk about how to pull down strongholds. How to pull down strongholds. 
All right. I hope you got your good girlfriend with you. She listening. All right. Take notes if you need to or if you can. <laughs> this is a good one today. All right. How to pull down strongholds. Um, there are four points today. Four points. And then we're going to be out of your way. Point number one, identify the enemy. Look at verse six, the A portion. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem unto the Jebusites. The Jebusites. The Bible says in verse 6 that David now led his troops to Jerusalem to fight against the Jebusites. The enemy is clearly stated. They are the Jebusites. Now, just who are the Jebusites? Now, this is going to bless you. They first appear in the report that came back to Moses when he sent out the 12 spies to spy out the land of Canaan. In Numbers 13 and 29, the spies tell Moses that the land is indeed flowing with milk and honey, but the inhabitants of the land are giants, and we felt like grasshoppers in our own sight. And those giants consisted of the Jebusites. Let me throw this in for free. It's a shame that you see yourself defeated before you even get started. It is a trick of the enemy to intimidate so much so that you stop the progress even for even before you get started. <laughs> the spies came back and said, we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. While they're giants, we are grasshoppers. So, again, the majority of the people said we can't do it. We, we just can't. But how many thank God for the minority report? <laughs> Out of 12 spies, only two said we got this. Caleb spoke up and said, give us this mountain. We are well able to conquer it. I just thank God for a Caleb spirit. The Jebusites appear again in Joshua 11 and 3. So first in numbers, then they come up, come up again in Joshua 11 and 3. When Jabin organized an army to fight against Joshua, who joined in against the man of God? The Jebusites. They are clearly an enemy of God and they are fighting against the men and the purpose of God. How many know that when you fight against a child of God, you are waging war against God himself? That's why folk better watch out. They better watch out who they make enemies of. You better you better stop. And God is, as we know, Jehovah Nisi, the God who raises his banner in victory. It ain't no battle he hasn't won. There is no victory he cannot claim. He is a mighty battle axe. He is mighty in battle. He is Jehovah Sabaoth. He commands the hosts of angels and he does it on his behalf. He commands the warring angels on our behalf. Aren't you glad about it? The Jebusites are standing in David's way. Call it what it is. You got to call the enemy out. If it's a lying tongue, you got to call it out. If it's a spirit of depression, call it out. Spirit of addiction, call it out. Call it what it is. You have to identify the enemy. And let me throw this in for free. There, there's, a, um, there's a term going around. It's been pretty popular for a while. And it's simply this. I feel some type of way. That, that, that's the uh, term that goes around. I feel some type of way. And, and, and granted, the people who say that, they say it to other people who know what they mean. But when I first heard the term, I was a little perturbed by it. I feel some type of way. Because in my mind, I'm saying, well, can't you identify how you feel? 
How do you feel about it? Don't say you feel some type of way. Go ahead and name how you feel. Because if, if there's a name for a problem, there is a name for a solution. You have to be able to call it out. Call it what it is. Tell your sister, call it what it is. I'm not, stop saying, I feel some type of way. Go ahead and feel that way. Name it and move on. So next time somebody make you mad, say, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit upset about that. I don't like this X, Y, and Z, whatever it might be. You have to call it out. You have to identify that enemy. So step number one in pulling down strongholds is to identify the enemy. All right. Step number two, ignore their expressions. Ignore their expressions. Look at verse 6a again. You'll never come in here, they told him. Even the blind and the lame could keep you out. You see that? Now, King James says, the inhabitants of the land, who were the Jebusites, which spake unto David, saying, except thou take away the blind and the lame, thou shalt not come in hither, thinking David cannot come in hither. Now, from the Life Application Bible, again, it says, you'll never come in here. <laughs> they told David, even the blind, blind and the lame could keep you out. Now, you know. Now, that's cold. The blind who can't even see you and the lame who can't fight against you, they could keep you out. Now, that's because, see, intimidation is really something else. <laughs> so ignoring their expressions. Expressions means, of course, their words. One of the most effective tools in the enemy's arsenal is to strike fear into the heart of the opponent. Um. Chosen words that cut to the heart of the opposing team can inflict much damage. So on a baseball team, for example, you know, when I used to play softball, we were encouraged in the dugout to start cheering and, and chanting and, 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 and jeering. Uh, uh, the other team is designed to intimidate, to taunt and to distract the other team's batter so as to throw him off his game. It happens also in basketball. When a person, you know, the other team gets ready to shoot some free throws. We got people behind him, right behind the net, you know, trying to distract him by putting up their hands and waving things in the air to distract him from what he or she, what they are trying to do. I'm reminded of a story of Hank Aaron and Yogi Berra. Um, of course, you know, this is an old story. And one of my uh, junior high school teachers told us this story. So. Uh, Yogi Berra was um, getting ready to, um, he was the catcher. And when Hank Aaron got up to bat, um, Yogi Berra was famous for trying to distract the, uh, the hitter. So when Hank Aaron comes up to bat, Yogi Berra said, okay, hey, I want you to know your, your bat is upside down. You ain't gonna be able to, you know, hit like that. It's upside down. Hank Aaron looked at him and said, that's all right. I didn't come up here to read. <laughs> I don't care what the, the the baseball bat says. I don't care that you think I'm holding it wrong because you're just trying to distract me anyway. The point is I'm getting ready to hit a home run. Somebody said sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And whoever made that up just lied up a storm. <laughs> because um, they do hurt. Words do hurt. And words can sometimes leave a lasting impression where, 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 where bruises fade. Bones can mend. But the effect of words can last a lifetime. 
Words do hurt and carefully placed, carefully timed words and phrases can hurt worse than a physical blow. So so it is here with the Jebusites. That is what's happening. They thought that they were safe and secure. After all, they had been around in Moses' time, Moses's time way back in uh, Exodus. They had been around in Joshua's time in the book of Joshua. And now here they are again showing up in 2 Samuel in David's time. They seem to be an invincible army. But but I'm 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 gonna throw this in for free too. Have you ever felt like you're fighting against the same enemy your mother had to fight? The same enemy your dad had to fight? The same strongholds that seem to grip certain family members? Come on, that divorce demon. Ugh. That lying tongue. Come on. Those cheating ways, that poverty, that sickness. Come on, obesity. Come on, diabetes. Come on, somebody. Have you ever felt like you were fighting against, oh, Lord, that generational curse that just won't let you and your family go? But I hear the Lord say we serve in notice today. We have the victory in Jesus name. We are safe and secure in him because our souls are anchored in him. But there are some things we just going to have to fight. This is a story about fighting. It ain't about sitting down, letting stuff happen and, oh, woe is me. And if the Lord wanted me to have it, then I would have it. You ain't going to get it sitting on the couch. Come on here. It's called the whole armor of God for a reason. Soldiers had to don their armor. You got to put it on and then you got to fight. Tell your sister you got to fight. What am, what you saying, Sister Bryce? I'm saying you remember Hannah, don't you? It was bad enough she had to share her husband with Panina. Remember that story? And that's a mess. But to top it all off, she couldn't even give him a child. What added insult to injury was when day after day, the Bible says that her adversary, what did she do? Taunted, teased, and laughed at her continually day after day. I'm trying to tell you words hurt. Words hurt. Be careful how you speak to folks, especially children. Because words hurt. Another example, you remember Nehemiah, don't you? When he desired to build the walls of his beloved Jerusalem, we talked about that. He encountered some enemies by the names of Sam Ballad and Tobiah. They tried to discourage him by saying, what you doing, Nehemiah? Don't you know that even a little fox could run up on the top of this rickety wall you trying to build and make it all fall down? You need to quit. But Nehemiah teaches us a valuable lesson about what to do when your enemy taunts and teases you. Like Nehemiah, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. See, folk get jealous. When they think you're doing a little bit more than they're doing. See, folk don't mind you doing what they're doing. They just don't, they don't want you to do no better than what they're doing. See, jealousy is a mug. <laughs> I said, jealousy is a mug. But you got to be able to tell somebody, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. The work of the Lord will not stop while I'm being distracted by you. See, distractions, worldly distractions can lead to spiritual subtractions. And you should have been farther along by now. You got to say what you want. I'm staying. I will not die, but live to declare the works of the Lord. I'm on this wall. I'm building the wall. I'm staying on the wall, regardless of what you say or think. David wasn't even the least bit deterred. He just let him talk. While your enemy is talking, you keep on walking. 
While your enemy is taunting, you keep on toiling. Let me throw this in too. They can't stop you unless you let them. If you become so distracted and, and so frustrated and so angry and it's just getting on your nerves till you stop the work, that's not their fault. Don't come down off this wall. You got work to do. Tell your sister you got work to do. You got goals to reach. Business plans to write out. Come on, you got a degree to go get. You got a, a film to score. Come on, you got goals to reach and miles to go before you sleep. You don't have time to be messing around with other folk and what they doing. Write your book. Tell your sister, get up. I cannot come down. I'm doing a great work. That's what Nehemiah said. And David said, I'm not, I ain't even much thinking about y'all. He ignored the expression of the enemy. That was step number two. Ignore their expressions. Come on, point number three. Impact the environment. Impact the environment. Impact, change, influence, move. Look at verse seven. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. The same is the city of David. And in the life application Bible, it says, but David and his troops defeated them. Enough said. Enough said. Tell your sister, it don't even much matter. We are talking about David. You, you do remember David, don't you? It was David that killed the lion and the bear with his bare hands as he protected the sheep of his pasture. It was David who decided that Goliath had done enough intimidating the armies of Israel day after day, challenging them to fight. You, you remember that David was at home and his dad told him, listen, go down there, give your brothers this lunch and come on back here. You know, they're doing a great work. They're fighting against the the uh, the, the enemies of Israel. All I want you to do is go give them their lunch. Drop it off. Mm hmm. But how many know folk can really um, what's the word? Uh, uh, they think one thing about you. They're underestimating what you really can do. That was the whole problem in the first place. They were underestimating David and who his God was. <laughs> it was David who decided Goliath has done just a little bit too much talking. He just intimidating the armies of Israel all day after day, wanting somebody to come out and fight. David did not come to the enemy's camp to take a nap. He didn't come to take five. He didn't come just to take y'all y'all lunch. He didn't even come to take issue. David came to take over. When God tells you to do something and you know you are right in the middle of his will for your life, take no prisoners, take over. Take no mess, take authority. Grab the bull by the horns, take that enemy by the throat and take over. David was there by himself against Goliath the giant. So let me see. David killed a lion. He killed a bear. Killed a lion. Now, what do you think he think about the Jebusites? Baby, please. The Jebusites were on David's land. The Jebusites had David's stuff. The Jebusites thought they were invincible. Prove them all wrong in the name of Jesus, for it is not by power. Not by might, but by God's spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. David made an impact, a change, a difference. He changed the atmosphere. And, and here's the question. What are you called to do? 
What changes are you called to make? I know you're intimidated. I know you're afraid. I know you haven't done this before. I know there's not a, a playbook for this thing. It's hard to be a trailblazer. It's hard to keep going when you don't have examples in front of you. I understand. But the word of the Lord for you today is do it anyway. Do it anyway. He has called you to impact the environment. He's called you not to blend in, not to fit in, but to stand out. I heard Joyce Meyer say, even if you're afraid, do it afraid. Do it. Knees knocking. Do it afraid. Teeth chattering. Do it afraid. Stuttering when you get started. Do it afraid. (laughs) Technological glitches. Do it anyway. Have to get used to new platforms and new audiences. Do it anyway. The Lord has called you to impact the environment. Tell your sister, get up. You've been down too long. Get up. Let's go. So. In this lesson of how to pull down stronghold, we've already seen that it is necessary to identify the enemy. The Jebusites were David's enemy. They had been the enemy of Moses, the enemy of Joshua. And here they are still coming up in second Samuel. That ain't nobody got rid of these folks yet. Identify the enemy. We've seen that we are to ignore their expressions. Yes. Don't be surprised when folk talking about you. When your name is on the highways and byways. See, when, see, listen. Dogs don't bark at parked cars. Hello? Don't be surprised when people talking about you. Do not be surprised. Don't be surprised when they got a whole bunch to say. The Lord knows how to shut folk up. The Lord knows how to shut folks up. You don't even have to do it. The Lord knows how to do it. Identify the enemy. Come on, ignore their expressions. Thirdly, impact the environment. And now number four. Increase in the end. Increase in the end. Look at verse 7b. (laughs) David took the stronghold of Zion. The same is the city of David. Life application says, and he captured the stronghold of Zion, now called the city of David. Look what happened in the end. At the end of the day, when it was all said and done, What once had been called the stronghold of Zion was now called David City. Now, you know, you bad when you get a whole city named after you. Now, now you just already know. And what's killing is they didn't name it after him. He named it himself. (laughs) The city of David. Because David was able to take control of what had been controlling him what had been controlling them, what had been standing in their way. He succeeded in the end. David was able to seize the stronghold, the secure place, the place that the enemy had been occupying for so many years. Ladies, we're going to have to go back and do some digging in some dark places in our own lives. And we're going to have to pull down some strongholds that we've been ignoring for a long time. It's not easy. It's not. But, 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 but the Lord gives us encouragement through this story in David's life that it is possible. If you can look yourself in the mirror, 
slap yourself awake and shake yourself loose, you too will be able to take hold of what has been taking hold of you. You got to get into the strategic stronghold that the devil has secured and pull it down. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a strategic place in your life that the enemy has gotten himself into and refuses to come down. Mm-hmm. Your daddy had a bad temper, so that's your excuse. Your mama could cuss like a sailor, so, so that's your excuse. Your uncles just lied like rugs, just lying. Lie because it's Monday. They just lying. So that's your excuse. Strongholds, the inability to, to, to form lasting relationships. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Refusing to deal with things because it's hard. Those are strongholds. Negativity all the time. You never have anything positive to say about anybody anytime. You just suck all the air right out of the room. It's a stronghold. It's a stronghold. <laughs> have mercy. Is it going to be easy? No, it's not going to be easy. It's difficult, but doable in the name of Jesus. Satan builds strongholds in our lives in strategic places, things that we hold on to for years and years and years. We never quite let it go at the altar. We hold on to it because we think it's part of our personality. The devil is a liar. We got to uproot some things and pull them down by the grace of God. That's why you can't talk down a stronghold. You can't wish it down. You can't even pull it down. Uh, 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 this thing, excuse me, you have to pull it down by prayer. You can't wish it down. You can't talk it down. You, you can't conjure it up. The devil is a liar. You've got to pull it down by prayer, fasting and meditating on the word of God concerning that thing. But, but there's some, there's a beauty in this thing though. Once you conquer it, you can then reclaim that land. That Satan has been a squatter on for just far too long. Using electricity. You ain't even paying rent. You just done moved in. Just squatting on my territory. What? No. Devil. I see you. You got to go. You got to reclaim your heart. I know it's been broken. I know they hurt you. I know they said it and I know they meant it. Reclaim your soul. Reclaim that part of you that God breathed into. Reclaim your body parts. No more. Come on, no more. No more, devil. No more sickness. Even COVID-19. We plead the blood of Jesus over all of our receptors. That is anything that can be received in through our bodies. That is to say, any place that COVID-19 can seep into, our noses, our nostrils, come on, our skin, our lungs, our mouths, our eyes. Come on. We claim God's blood. We claim the blood of Jesus over it all. Why? He still is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. No more cloudy days. Come on, no more crying yourself to sleep. Depression is a stronghold. I said it before, I'll say it again. See, sadness that settles becomes depression. It's all right to be sad, but it's not all right to be continually sad. You got to have something that gets you on up out of that bed in the morning. Come on, brush your teeth and comb your hair. Let's go. 
Come on, we, we got to call it what it is. Sickness, pain, tears, cloudy days. Come on, that's enough. Crying all day long. The devil is a liar. The Bible says the joy of the Lord. What is it? Your strength. Once you reclaim it, you can then rename it. The stronghold of Zion was renamed and reclaimed as the city of David. David means well-beloved. We are the beloved of God, the Bible says. Beloved, we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But all we know that when he shall appear, we shall see him as he is, and we shall be just like him. Step number four in your efforts to pull down the strongholds in your life. Yes, even at a time like this in 2020, with COVID-19 ravaging the earth. Come on, with questions about school and education. Come on, and jobs and economic stability and racial tensions. Even at a time like this, God is still, st- God is still saying, you can pull down strongholds in your life. And you will increase in the end. You can't help but increase. Once you've done it God's way. Once you've identified the enemy and ignored their expressions and impacted the environment, you will increase in the end. When you do it God's way, you will win in the end. You will prosper. The Bible says when a man's ways please God, he will make even his enemy to be at peace with him. It is yours. The sky is the limit to what you can have. So said the Clark sisters. Businesses, come on. Degrees, money, it's yours. Health and strength. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's yours. Jabez said, enlarge my territory. Somebody shout increase. Increase. Now, as we close, we're going to look at verse 10. And I heard Bishop T.D. Jakes really expound on this. Let's read verse 10 out of King James. And David went on. And grew great. And the Lord God of hosts was with him. Say it again. And David went on and grew great. And the Lord God of hosts was with him. While I was listening to T.D. Jakes one day, he said, take out David's name and put your name in it. And I encourage you to do that, women of God. And Janae went on and grew great. And the Lord God of hosts was with her. (laughs) It's something about... Ooh, speaking the word of God, it it changes the atmosphere. Come on, say it. Take out David's name, put your name in there and claim this verse for your own. And Janae went on and grew great. And the Lord God of hosts was with her. I just bless God for this opportunity to share with you. As I end and as I leave you with another souvenir. There's so many in, in this um, <laughs> in this lesson. But look at verse 8. And David said on that day, Whosoever getteth up to the gutter and smiteth the Jebusites and the lame and the blind that are hated of David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. Wherefore they said, The blind and the lame shall not come in into this house. Verse 8 is what changed my life. And I actually wrote um, this lesson in my book called Weaned in the Desert, Souvenirs from Sacred Seasons with My Savior. This is one of the lessons that I put in my book over 10 years ago now. Amen. But it says, David said on that day, whoever gets up to the gutter. 
And I'm leave you with this. Sometimes your deliverance has to come through the gutter. Jesus. It will take going back through some very ugly, some very stinky, some very ignored parts of your life in order for you to get the breakthrough you need. You're going to have to confront the things that have set up strongholds in your life. Whatever they are. And you know what they are, woman of God. You know it. And you don't have to go around telling everybody. But take this to the Lord in prayer. Whatever that thing is that you cannot seem to get over. That thing that keeps showing up in your relationships. That thing that just won't help you get promoted on your job. It holds you back because it is a stronghold. Whatever that thing that the enemy has set up in your life. That just keeps you from that next level of goal reaching. That next level of joy. That next level of success and accomplishment. Whatever that thing is, you've got to confront it in the name of Jesus. And pull it down by prayer, meditation, fasting, supplication. You've got to do it. Because you've got lands to conquer. You've got environments to change. You've got an atmosphere to set. You woman of God. Yes, even in 2020, the Lord told me to tell you, if you're going to pull down a stronghold, sometime you got to go through the gutter. But when you do, you will be able to identify the enemy. Ignore their expressions. Impact the environment. And yes, woman of God, you will increase in the end. God bless you. Love y'all. See you next Tuesday.